say a few things about these passages here. We're actually going to turn two places. We're going to turn to the book of Exodus, and then we're going to turn to the book of Second Corinthians. And uh, these scriptures cross-reference each other, and uh, we want to look at this tonight and see uh, if the Lord might say something to us uh, out of these scriptures tonight. In Exodus, and we'll begin our reading in verse number uh, 27. Exodus 34, verse number 27. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, after the tenor of these words have I made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant of the Ten Commandments. It came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterwards all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out, and he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul makes mention of this incident. Verse 6, and he said, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the manifestation of death written and engraved in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doeth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious hath no glory, in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. 
But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you and be seated. Our fathers, we come this evening, Lord, and once again call upon your name. Uh, Lord, we just ask tonight that these scriptures that we've read tonight, that we might be able to, Lord, understand the historical setting, but we might be able to make present day application. And uh, Lord, we pray tonight that uh, the Lord would be in the midst tonight. Uh, bless your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we have folks that, uh, that love Wednesday night, folks that uh, want to know more about the Lord, and the uh, Lord want to know more about their Bible. And I don't have the ability to give it to them unless you give it to me. And I come and present myself to you and ask that, Lord, that you'd use me to be your mouthpiece tonight. And, uh, Lord, I know what I've got on my mind to preach tonight, but if there's something, uh, Lord, that needs to be said that's not on my mind, I pray you'd bring it to my mind, pass it through my lips, and, uh, Lord, we'll give you all the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we do ask it all. Amen and amen. Of course, Exodus 34 is the second time that Moses has been upon the mountain. We know the first time he went up and, and he got those Ten Commandments that when he started back down, they, they thought the preacher was gone too much. And they said, they said Moses stayed away too long. And they said, we need to do something different. And so, you know how that Aaron said that uh, they brought all their gold and earrings to him and he throwed it in the fire and his calf come out, he said. And uh, so uh, Moses had to go back up again because Moses got angry and uh, preachers do get angry sometimes. And Moses was angry when he saw what was going on down at the bottom of the hill. And, uh, and he threw down the commandments and he broke the commandments. And so when he goes back up this time, uh, the Bible says the Lord calls him up there again. And he goes up there again. And, uh, and the Lord uh, writes, him, writes the commandments for him again. And he's up there with the Lord for quite a while. Now, like Christ of Matthew 17, you remember in Matthew 17, the Lord went up on a mountain. And while the Lord was up there, He was transformed. The Bible said his face did shine, uh, his clothes shone. Well, Moses goes up on the mountain and he has a transformation. And uh, his face shines, his face glows when he comes down. And uh, I, think, I think it'd be good if we had some glowing faces in our kind of day, don't you? Uh, but the Bible said Moses came down and when he come down, his face was glowing. And I want to I want to preach tonight out of these verses for a few minutes on the glowing faces, the glowing face of Moses. When Moses came down the mountain, the Bible said his face did shine. Well, I want to look at this under three things tonight, found in the scripture that we read. And first of all, I want to look at this 
as the cause of Moses' glowing face. Verses 1 through 5, uh, the Bible talks about how the Lord had called Moses up there to the mountain. And, uh, and so he went up there, and when he come down, his face was glowing. Why was that? Well, uh, I think there are several reasons why his face was glowing. But just using the text tonight, in verse 28, the Bible said, And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. I think it had something to do with his continuation with God. Uh, he was in the very presence of God Himself for forty days and forty nights. I don't know if you realize this or not, but whatever we hang around, we're going to look like. Yeah, we're going to whatever we hang around the most of, we're going to look like, and we're going to sometimes sound like them. Uh, don't answer this, but if what you looked at the most in the last forty days, what would your face look like? Don't answer that. But the Bible said for 40 days and 40 nights that Moses is looking at the face of God. Often said, and I believe it's true, that a lot of times when couples stay together for a long time, they sometimes start looking like each other. And uh, they start uh, sometimes acting like each other and talking like each other. I've even seen people that had a dog for a long time and they resemble the dog. I don't know if you've seen anything like that or not. Uh, so I tell these young people, I say, be careful about who you marry. Look at them real good. Look at their mom and dad because you might wind up looking just like them. Uh, so Moses was around God. And I don't think you and I could be around God for 40 days and 40 nights and it not help us to you. Man, I can't imagine that. Can you imagine doing nothing but being in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights? They just, uh, he just continued right there with God and it rubbed off on him. And then the Bible said this, extraordinary in verse 28. The Bible said, And he did neither eat bread or drink water. Not only was there a continuation with God, but there was a crucifying of the flesh. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said he went 40 days without eating and 40 days uh, uh, without drinking water. Don't you know his flesh was crying for something to eat? His flesh was crying uh, uh, for something to drink. Uh, but he denied his flesh while he was up there. And uh, I think that if you and I could continue more time with God than what we do, uh, I mean, uh, a lot of times we don't, we don't spend 40 days and 40 nights with God in a year's time. But Moses went up there and he spent that time and all that time, Moses stayed up there and he told his flesh no. One of the things that we have a hard time doing is telling our flesh no. Uh, these empty seats are proof of that tonight. You see, if people are really saved that sit in them seats on Sunday morning, the same Holy Ghost that's in you is in them. And the same Holy Ghost that told you you need to go to church tonight, it told them they needed to go to church tonight. But the problem is that they haven't learned to crucify the flesh. Uh, you may find this hard to believe, but I don't think there's anybody that likes to go to church every time. I my flesh sometimes. 
I mean, if I ain't got nothing from God and I'm worried about what I'm going to preach and what I'm going to say, uh, I don't look as forward to it as I've got something been burning in my heart all week. I can't wait to get up there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my flesh don't want to go. I say this often that I've never been on visitation that my flesh wanted to go. It hates me to go. It don't want me to go. But my spirit always wants me to go. And I always feel better when I do go because when I go, I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. And so the Apostle Paul, I believe Paul had a shining face. I know it don't say that in the Bible. Uh, but don't you believe that Paul had something about his countenance? And Paul was a man that crucified the flesh. Galatians 2 and 20, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave Himself for me. I know we read about Paul talking about fastings and talking about praying and talking about uh, isolation and separation. When Paul was in them prisons, uh, Timothy would with him and Luke would with him and Mark would with him. But I'll tell you, I bet I know who was with him, the Lord. Because the Bible said, he said, that no man stood by me but the Lord did. And I think Paul spent so much time in the presence of God that there was something about his countenance uh, uh, that you could recognize this man been with the Lord. You say, well, I don't believe in such. Well, the Bible said about Peter, James, and John, it said they beheld their boldness and they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Uh, so there are certain things about our actions, our words, what we say, what we do. There are certain things that let people know that we've been with the Lord. Amen. And there's plenty to let them know we ain't been with the Lord. I'll tell you somebody, I believe they had a glow about them. I believe their face did shine. You say, who was that? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, the same thing said about Moses was said about Jesus in Matthew 4. The Bible said that he went into the wilderness. He didn't go to a mountain, but he went into the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible said he fasted. And I believe that's one of the reasons he was able to face the devil like he was and meet the devil head on and, and be victorious over the flesh and over the devil, over the world was because he spent time with the Lord because he crucified the flesh. And then not only that, the Bible said in verse 28 that Moses went up there. He's in the very presence of God Himself. He's there for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, he's not eating. He's not drinking. So he is, his mind is, is upon the Lord and what the Lord has got to say. And we know in verse 28, the Bible said, and he wrote upon the table the words of the covenant. Now here's why I believe Moses had a glow about him. Number one, because of the fact that he had a continuation with God. Uh, he didn't just meet with God on Sunday morning or once a month or, or even once a day. He had a continuation with God. And people that, that, people that have a glow about them, people that have an anointing about them are people that spends time with God on a regular basis. Uh, not just once a month, not just every now and then, but every day of their life uh, they spend time with God. The Bible said 
that he was consumed with the Word of God. Well, do you know what the next thing to being in the very presence of God all the time is God's Word. Uh, when you're reading God's Word and you're consumed with God's Word and you're always reading God's Word, uh, Jesus said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So when I get God's Word in me, I've got God in me. Amen. I, uh, and when I get God in the more of God's Word, hadn't you seen some people that they could just quote the Bible? I think about Carl Nelson. Uh, I think about uh, Brother Epps, Steve Kogel. Uh, I've known some preachers. I used to be an old preacher down here, pastored Shiloh General Baptist Church. Uh, uh, what was his name, Sammy? You know him. Uh, uh, brother, we're the same age. Neither one of us can remember anything. Uh, Oh, I can't think his name. Uh, what was it? Literal, yeah. Roger Literal. And uh, me and Roger done a revival together up at the old building. And uh, basically all Roger did, I bet if he preached for I bet if he preached for thirty five minutes, that thirty of it wasn't nothing but Bible. And uh, this man had to, I mean he had to, he had something about him. And if you talk to anybody down there in that community, they still remember him. He carries a good testimony, a good name. He was a good man. And I asked him, I said, Brother, Brother Luther, I said, how did you learn all that Bible? And he said, well, he said, I got saved and then I went into the Navy. And he said, they put me on a ship and he said, there wasn't too many Christians on there. There wasn't too many people to fellowship with. And there's a lot of roughness and drinking and things went on. And he said, I just stayed in my room and read the Word of God and memorized the Word of God. And I'm telling you, that man was a walking Bible. Amen. Uh, but I've seen people like that. And, um, and the average Christian does not like a preacher that quotes a lot of Scripture. I know what I'm talking about. They say that's a preacher's preacher. Preachers like to hear preachers quote a lot of Scripture. But the average person, they'd rather hear you tell a story or they'd rather hear you, uh, you know, just put it in layman's languages because the average person, they don't have a lot of Scripture memorized. And I say that, uh, I say that to their detriment that the more Scripture we know, the better off we are. Because one of these days, they're going to pass a law against having that King James Bible I don't know if we'll still be here or not, but they're going to pass a law someday. And if they do pass it and we're still around, you better have that word hid in your heart. Amen. Uh, that's why the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Holy Spirit has a hard time bringing up what ain't in there. You say, what do you mean? Well, when you're tempted, when you're tempted in some way, uh, maybe a lustful way, and you've got James 1 and, and uh, 18 in your heart. You've got that in there that said, let, or 13, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, because God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempting any man, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. The reason I quoted that is because if you got that in your heart and you're tempted uh, uh, to lust, the Holy Ghost brings that up and He points that out. Uh, uh, that's why it's good to have the Word of God in your heart. 
And so Moses is up on the mountain and Moses' face is a-glowing. Amen. He's been in the presence of God. He has crucified the flesh. He has, he has been consumed with the Word of God up there on that mountain. And so that is the cause of Moses' glowing face. But I want to look here at the comments in this chapter about Moses' glowing face. There's really only three in this chapter. In verse 29, uh, the Bible said, Not that the skin of his face shone. In verse 35, The children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And then over in our New Testament passage, it said the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses. Now, there's not many there, but they tell us some things about this glowing face of Moses. The first thing they tell us is it was unusual. You say, what do you mean? Not ever... They had never seen nothing like this. It was unusual. That's why the Bible said the children saw the face of Moses. They'd never seen anything like that. This man's face was glowing. This man's face was shining. It was unusual. It was a rarity. You know what's a rarity in our day? Seeing somebody that's got the glow of God on them. Amen. It's a rarity. It's unusual. And if you see somebody like that, you recognize it. You know it. You know it. You know, the, you know these folks spend time with God. They've got God on their life. It's an unusual side in our kind of a day. And uh, I won't tell the whole story. I told it not too long ago about the little old lady that come to our town years ago. And that little old lady was about 80-some years old. And uh, she was seen all over town. She'd pass out tracks, knock on doors. Long story short... She came to our service on a Sunday night and she was so unusual that at the end of the service all the women just flocked around her. Why? Because she was unusual. She had, you could tell she knew the Lord in a little bit deeper walk. Don't you like to be around people that know the Lord? Amen. I, I, tell, uh, I, I tell young persons, and I've said this for years, I said, I've always tried to get my people to love old people because I knew that one day I'd be one. Old preachers, I knew that one day I'd be one. But I tell young preachers, when you, if you get around some of these old men of God, you get around, don't you say nothing, you just listen to them talk. You, do, you just learn and glean from them. If you could get around Noah Broughton, I'd highly suggest you get around and just sit down and listen. Some of these old... Men of God, they, they've got an unusual walk with God, an unusual, and it's only unusual because not many people do it. Now, here's, here's the thing, Moses' glow, the Bible tells us it was an unusual thing, but it was an undeniable thing. Look what it said in verse 30, And Aaron and all the children saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. You couldn't deny it. I mean, you couldn't look at Moses and say his face ain't shining because his face was shining. It was undeniable. Again, people that have a close walk with God, you can't deny the fact that they've got a close walk with God. There's people that have a, have a good prayer life and if you get in trouble and you know them, you're going to call them because you know they can get a hold of God. 
Amen. Uh, there's people that walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord. And if you have a problem coming up, you're going to be trying to get a hold of them. Why? Because you, they, you know they walk and talk with God. You'll learn down at the workplace where you work. You'll learn people don't want nothing to do with you. If you're a, if you're a sold out Christian, if you're a preacher, they definitely don't want nothing to do with you. But when trouble comes, they'll be wanting you. They won't be wanting their drinking buddy or their dope smoking buddy. I remember an old boy I worked with out at Donnelly's and I thought a lot of him. He's dead now, but I thought a lot of him. And a boy rough as he'd come. Rough, rough, rough. And a man, he didn't care if you was a preacher or who you was. He, he just rough, rough, rough. And, uh, and he'd do me just like he would anybody else. But one morning I went in there to the factory about 5 o'clock in the morning. He was waiting at the door. And he said, can I see you a minute? And I said, yeah. And we went in there and sat down at the table. I said, what's up? And he began to tear up. And he said, my wife's leaving me and I need somebody to get a prayer through. And he said, I thought you might be able to get a prayer through for me. You see, he knew his old drinking buddies couldn't get nothing through. He knew his old dope smoking buddies couldn't get nothing through. They're in the same shape he is in. Oh, listen. It's undeniable when people know God. If you love God, you don't have to put a bumper sticker on your car saying, I love God. You don't even have to wear a t-shirt that says, I love God. The Bible said, if any man, know God, any man loves God, the same is known of him. What that means to me in our terms is if you love God, everybody's going to know you love God. I know you folks love God tonight or you wouldn't be sitting here on a Wednesday night and listening to me scream and yell. But you love God. I'm not against magnetic uh, signs and, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not preaching against Brother Eddie. I'm surprised the gauges work on his car. He's got so many on it. But I'm not against it. Uh, I'm not against it. I used to have them. I never did have the uh, success that some people claimed they had with them. Uh, I never did, but I don't know who read it or who might have saw it. I'm not against it. It's for it. Get the Word out there. Get the Word of life out there. But I'm just saying you don't have to put that all over you. Just let somebody know you're a Christian. If you are a Christian, they'll know it. And if you ain't one, they'll know it too. Amen. It's undeniable. Here's, here's the thing about it. It was something that Moses was unconscious of. The Bible said, Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone. That word wish means that Moses didn't even know it. You know the best way to have God on you is to have Him on you and you don't even know it. You say, why? Because if you know it, the devil might lift you up in pride. If, if you know it, you might be tempted uh, to get... Probably, probably if you had the glow of God on you and you knew it, you wouldn't have it on you long. Don't you think so? The Bible said Moses come down and he's unconscious. He's not... That word unconscious, I looked it up. Uh, that word means... Uh, it means not marked by thought, sensation, or feeling. See, some people think they got God on them because they have a feeling. They think they got God on them because they have a sensation. But you know, the people like Moses, he didn't have a sensation. 
He didn't even know God was on him. Amen. I'll tell you, that's the way we need God on us. Is we need God on us and not even know God's on us, but everybody else can see God on us. Moses wasn't even conscious of the fact. That amazes me. But you know what? The Bible said it was kind of unnerving. Look at verse 30. They were afraid to come nigh him. It was kind of unnerving to everybody else. This man's got God on him. We don't want to talk to him. You go talk to him. We don't, we don't, we don't want to be in his presence. You go get in his presence. It, it unnerved them a little bit. You know what unnerves people that ain't where they need to be with God and ain't right with God is to see somebody that is. You say, why? That convicts them. They know that they ought to be like that. They know they ought to be doing what they're doing. But it's unnerving to them. Makes them a lot of people don't want to be around a real good Christian. Say why? Makes them a little uncomfortable. Amen. One of the things about being a preacher, most people don't want to be around you. Got a funeral? We need you. Got a wedding? We need you. Hospital visit? We need you. I always know what's going on when people ask me to marry them. And they'll say, now preacher, you don't have to stay for the reception. Now, we know you're a busy man. We know you got things to do. So don't you worry about staying for the reception. I know what that means. Rock and roll music and a little bit of wine and all that. Amen. Well, they don't have to worry. I didn't want to stay anyway. Amen. Brother Ziegler used to say, people say, here comes a preacher and said he smells like death. That all he talks about is dying and get, getting right with God and going to hell. He smells like death and, and uh, he, he's not any fun and we don't want to be around him. Well, I used to think that too. But some of the most fun people I've been around in my whole, my whole 68 years of living, some of God's men. Amen. Some of God's Christians. I mean, Jesus said, don't try to act like you're sad. Don't disfigure your face. I mean, who would want to be a Christian if I went around looking like I'd lost my best friend? Who would want to ever be a Christian if I, if I never did a laugh and I went around crying all the time? Who would ever want to be a Christian? Bob McCurry used to say it this way. He said, don't go around telling everybody about your troubles and carrying five or six bags of troubles. He said, there ain't nobody wanting your troubles. They don't want that. They ain't going to buy that. They've got their own troubles. They want somebody that's going to lift them up a little bit, make them feel a little bit better. Amen. Amen. It's all right for, it's all right for a child of God to, to be happy and laugh and have a good time. I decided, I, I tried that first way for the first few years. But I found out if I was going to have a good time, I've got to have it right here with you folks. 
Because I'm not going to have it out there at the bar anymore by the grace of God. I'm not going to have it at a party anymore by the grace of God. If I have a good time, I've got to have it with you folks. And I decided to try to have one. Amen. It was unconscious of the fact. It was unnerving to them. It, It upset them. It tore them up. And then the Bible says that Moses, you know, we don't read any more about this over, except over in the New Testament. It's all we read about it. But we know that didn't stay that way. Right? That face didn't stay glowing. But the Bible said that when he kind of lost the charge, it don't say it, but in so many words you kind of get the indication of it in verse 34. The Bible said, And when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off. But when he was talking to them, he put the veil on. And so to me, it was like Moses was going in and he was taking it off and he was getting a recharge. Do you ever need a recharge? I need one often. I need one more than my cell phone needs one. How do you get a recharge? Get back in the presence of God. That's what Wednesday night is. Someone says that we need midweek service because seven days without it makes one week. And we need to come in and get a little strength. Most of the time, most of the time, a large percentage of the time, I get a little strength on Wednesday night. Do you get a little strength on Wednesday night? I get a little little help on Wednesday night. And Moses, he'd go back in before the Lord and take the veil off. And it was like God was recharging him. That's what Sunday morning is. It's a recharge. That's what Sunday night is. It's a recharge. That's what Wednesday night is. It's a recharge. You say, why do we need a recharge? Why does your cell phone need one? Because you've been working it. You've been using it. And we need to take what God gives us on Sunday and go out and use it during the week. Get a recharge on Wednesday and use it Thursday and Friday and Saturday and a recharge again on Sunday. Amen. Amen. The comments about Moses' glowing face. It's kind of like a, kind of makes me think of solar energy. Kind of what makes me think of. Solar energy, you know, comes from the sun. But let's finish this thing up tonight. Over in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 and 18. There we find not the cause of Moses' glowing face. And there is a few more comments about Moses' glowing face, but we find the conclusion of Moses' glowing face. And it's in verse 13. And it said, And not as Moses which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. You know why Moses' face was glowing? I give you three reasons, but the real reason is in Hebrews 11 and verse 27. The Bible said that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses seen God. He seen him that was invisible. Do you know why the children of Israel, why their face did not shine? It tells you right here, verse 13, Israel could not steadfastly look to the end. 
You know what the end is? Don't you remember Romans 10 and verse 4? Christ is the end of the law to all those that believe in Him. You see, Israel could never see to the end. They never could see God on the cross. They never could see Jesus down there. And that's why their face didn't shine. They couldn't see past the law. Oh, glorious day. Thank God for the day that I've seen past the law. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to be perfect obedient to the law. Amen. Thank God I've seen the end of the law as Jesus hung on the cross. Christ is the end of the law to everyone that believeth. Isn't that glorious? Christ is the end of the law. But you see, Israel... If you get a Hebrews Bible, you know where it's going to end at? Malachi. You say, why? That's as far as they can see. Because they don't believe in Christ. They don't believe in your New Testament. And you know what? You know how Malachi ends? With a curse. That's how Malachi ends. And I'll tell you, anybody that can't see Christ on the cross and that He's the end of the law, they are under a curse. Amen. So we see Moses couldn't see. Uh, Moses could see. He could see the Lord even though He was invisible. Kind of like men you. I hadn't seen the Lord. Have you? I had a guy tell me he did one day up there in another church. He said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. And I said, Okay. And he said, I said, What's up? And he said, Well, he said, I've been talking to the Lord. He said, He'd come down in the seat and sit by me, and I saw him. You say, What'd you think? I thought he was a liar. Because Jesus is not in the car seat, he's up at the right hand of God the Father. And the fellow just the other day told my friend, he said, he was telling him about an experience he had, and I'm not minimizing anybody's experience, but it don't ride up with the Word of God. You need to chuck your experience and hold on tight to the Word of God. Amen. And he said, this fellow told him, he said, I, he said, I died and I went to heaven and I saw the Lord, I saw Jesus. He said, what did He look like? He said, just like the picture. I knew right then, He... Now, he might have seen something in his mind. He might have seen something. But Jesus don't look just like the picture. I hadn't seen him, but I know nobody else has either. And so nobody else knows what he looks like because ain't nobody ever seen him. I do know the Bible said that he hath no beauty that we should desire him. I do know the Bible said he looked so much like a a common everyday Jew that Judas had to kiss him so he could identify him from the rest of them. Amen. I don't know what he looks like because I ain't never seen him. But I do know, I do know this. I know he's altogether lovely. Amen. I, I, I know that he, as the Song of Solomon said, I know he's, he's wonderful. There ain't nobody no greater than him. Amen. You see, the cross is ugly to the world tonight. But if you ever go to it and get saved, it's the most prettiest thing you ever seen. Amen. Kind of like a, right before Mama passed away, I was out there one time after church on Sunday visitor. And she was sitting there in a 
in a wheelchair and I sat down on the bed and I noticed she just kept staring like that. I said, what are you looking at, Mama? She said, look at my hands. She said, ain't they ugly? She said, don't they look awful? And I took it up and I said, oh, no, Mama. I said, them pretty hands. I said, they used to tie my shoes. They used to iron my pants, my shirts, wash my clothes. I said, Mama, the, them hands is laid on my fevered brow when I was just a little kid. And they'd lay on there to see if I had a fever. I said, oh, no, Mama, them's pretty hands. That's like the Lord's hands. They got, they got a hole in them, but they're going to be one of the most beautiful sights we're going to ever see when we get to heaven. Amen. So nail scars in his hands. Someone said the only thing in heaven made by man is the scars in his hands. Well, let me just make a little application here and I wind up tonight. You and I need to see the Lord. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I know we can't see Him, but we need to keep looking at Him. I love A.W. Tauser. He's a great, great man of God. And uh, I heard A.W. Tauser tell about going into a Christian bookstore. And he bought a book and he went up to the counter to pay for the book. And he noticed a little rack there, had some little jewelry things on it. And he noticed a little, a little look like plastic white cross hanging there on a string. He said he inquired of it and said, to, What's these little crosses here? That guy said, Oh, said, said, what them is? Said if you'll said if you'll if you'll take that and you'll hang it in the in the mirror of your car in the daytime when the sun's shining, he said, That's a little solar cross. And he said, if you'll hang it in the sun all the day, he said, it'll glow in the darkness. Now A.W. Tauser being spiritually minded, he thought. That's true. If I'll stay in the presence of the sun in the day, when the dark time comes, I can glow. I want to glow, don't you? It's a dark world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but He went away. When He went away, He said, now you're the light. How do we keep that light going? Stay in the presence of the sun. Amen. Father, we come to You tonight. We thank You for this passage of Scripture and the Word of God. And I know that had been a sight to see, uh, to see Moses' face as it glowed and radiated when he come down from that mountain. And I've never seen Moses' face glow, but Lord, over the years I have run upon a few old saints of God and some old men of God and some good old women of God that they just had a glow about them. And I know why they had that glow, because like Moses, they spent a lot of time in the presence of God. Lord, help us uh, each one to desire to draw a little bit closer to You with the promise that You'll draw near to us. Help us to pray a little more, read a little bit more Bible, witness a little more. Lord, just all the things involved in the Christian life, help us to take Your example and go just a little bit farther. Lord, if there's someone here tonight that's unsaved or someone here tonight that 
Uh, Lord, they needed something was said tonight. Uh, you sent it down for that reason. I pray that they might respond tonight and come. We could pray with them tonight. But I hope everybody got something to take home with them tonight. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, we do ask it all. Amen and amen. Let's stand, if you would, please, tonight. And I appreciate you coming. If you need prayer tonight, you just lift up your hand. You come down, we'll pray for you tonight. Uh, if you need prayer tonight, if you're lost, uh, I don't see anybody here tonight that uh, that I know's lost. Uh, but I don't know every heart. I can only see you outside. I can't see you inside. But if you're lost tonight, uh, the Lord will save you if you'd come and ask Him tonight. He died for that. Amen. All right. Any word on anyone's heart tonight, Wendy? Yeah, it's good, ain't it?